Hello and welcome to the Ask Me Anything podcast. A little bit different today, it's the Betfair Trading Community Ask Me Anything podcast, but um, the reason it's different is I'm not actually sat at my computer, I don't have my mic, so the audio might not be as good as normal. The reason is that um, (coughs) I've actually got vertigo, so I've been feeling like I've been on a ship all week, it's been absolutely horrible, and... um, you know, it's not been very nice. I'm currently laid down on my sofa recording this onto my iPad. So hopefully this works. Um, this is the Ask Me Anything podcast. There's three questions. What are you struggling with when it comes to trading? Is there anything else you want to ask me? And are you a member of BTC or not? So I'm going to give it my absolute best shot. Um, you know, I always try and get this podcast out to you every single week. We're going to start with a quote. Um One of the things I always like to share is something from the James Clear newsletter and there was a really, really good one this week that said, um, don't overlook the basics, don't ignore the foundation. How long can a tree remain standing without the roots? I think that's really, really important. I think that's a really, really good one for trading and a lot of people overlook the basics. How long can you go without understanding the basics of trading? Not very long. But also I think that there's a lot of people in this niche, in this Betfair trading world, that really overcomplicate trading and they make it seem harder than it actually needs to be. And I think there's many reasons why they do that. Um, it's one of the reasons that we try and keep everything as simple as possible. And I think it's also a reason, it's definitely a reason why I do this podcast, because I think everybody should be able to get help with their trading. And um, <coughs> you don't need it to be complicated. Trading does not need to be that difficult. Um, Keep your trading as simple as possible and just watch what happens, okay? Just watch what happens. So I'm going to get into the questions now. There's one, two, three, four, five this week. So let's go for it. So the first one is from C. Paletta. Hopefully I pronounced your name right. Um, What are you struggling with when it comes to trading? I don't have much time for trading. I'm from Brazil, living in the Amazon. Can you help me create strategies to be traded by betting robots? Is there anything else you want to ask me? There's nothing there. And are you a member of BTC? No. So I can't. one of the things that I think a lot of people come to us and they ask for is strategies. We don't actually give you strategies, okay? What we do at Betfair Trading Community is give you the tools and the skills and information to know how to build your own strategies. And then we give you the software to actually be able to back test <coughs> that strategy, especially if it's horse racing. Um, we have football back testing coming very soon, but we do have football stats software that allows you to put your information in your ideas for a strategy and then it builds it and you could save it. So just as the very nature of what we do, we don't actually give you strategies. But inside of the community, what has happened is, you know, we've built the friendliest community out there. There's, I don't think there's any question about that. <coughs> Sorry about my cough. I still can't shift the flipping thing. But members have shared their strategies that they've back-tested and that they've then forward-tested to prove that they are actually profitable. They've shared them and then they've also shared their automation files Okay, so I think that's really unique and I think that's really, really good and really interesting. So if you are looking for um, a place where you can backtest a strategy or an idea for a strategy and then automate that, then I think we're definitely the place for that. Now, we are not an automation software yet. Adam did build an automator um, that automates my trading. Um, So I'm automating some strategies right now. 
and they're doing pretty well. Um, I don't know if that will ever become public, uh, the automation, but what we have found is a lot of our members have shared their automation files, so you can get all of the selections from the software, so having a subscription to our software that you build your strategy on, and then um, you can use something like Betfair Bot Manager or Bet Angel to then automate that. So I hope that helps. Okay, so next question is from Gregor, Greg, Greg, Georgios, um, what are you struggling with when it comes to trading? I'm not good to find the winner. Nothing else you want to ask me and you're not a member. Okay, so I can't, I think what I would recommend to you here is the same thing that I recommend to all people is a couple of things. First one, Super Trader Framework, okay? It's free, it's out there, it's on this podcast, it's on the YouTube channel and it's it's made more people build a profitable strategy than anything else. But then also what I want to do is unpack something here, okay? And this idea, because a lot of people say to me they can't find a winner. Well, I think we actually need to look at what you're doing right now. And this goes for all traders. So I think there's a, a lot of really, really good information what I'm about to drop here. You can't find a winner. Firstly, are you following the same strategy? Are you following the same selection process? Are you following the same market? Because what I find with a lot of people when they say I can't find a winner is they're trying the match odds market, the over 2.5s, the over 1.5s, the over 3.5s, the correct score, they're dobbing horses, right? If you now can't find a winner, there's so many markets you're doing, okay? So that's the first problem with saying I can't find a winner. Well, you're not giving it your whole attention. You need one strategy, get that right, one market, one sport, get that right, then move on, okay? Now, if you've done that and you can't find a winner, well, actually, look at just maybe reversing it then because what I found a lot of the times is, and one of our most profitable members, they built a strategy where they were actually looking at um, one of the over-under markets and they're actually finding that they would they just did the reverse of that and then they were profitable. So they took a losing strategy that was failing for them and then they started laying the under 1.5 goals market and guess what? It was profitable for them and they were one of the most profitable members doing that and they were able to then build a strategy. So when you say you can't find a winner, we actually need to unpack what you're doing first. Are you one sport, one market, one strategy Okay, because if you are, then look at how you can tweak that. You know, can you do the reverse of what you're doing or do you need to then tweak the way that you select your games, your selections? Or are you just scattergunning and doing absolutely everything because that isn't going to work at all? Okay, so um, next question. There is no name on this. Uh, not a member of BTC, nothing else you want to ask me. I keep selecting the wrong trades, although at the time they look like good opportunities. How can I become more consistent? Okay, this is a really, really good question. I think one of the things that traders don't do, and it's something I do talk about in the Super Trader Framework, is the assessment of your trades. So a lot of people just assess their trades, profit or loss, okay? What you actually need to do is assess how you selected those, because your winning trades and your losing trades have a lot of things in common. And if you actually look at what the winners and the losers have in common, then this allows you to be more consistent with your selection process because you can actually see patterns emerge with your winners and your losers. That might be, for example, that 
when you're looking at your trades and your winners might have, for example, 72% over um, potential based on the stats of an over 2.5 goals percentage. Okay, All your winners were over 72%, but all your losers were 70% or between that sort of, maybe you're looking at 65% as your baseline, but your losers are 65 to 70%. So what that tells you is, actually, if I only traded games where there was a 72% chance based on the stats of the historical data, then that actually means that I cut out my losing trades and I'm more consistent, as an example. So you actually need to look at the data of your results and see what is actually happening, what patterns are emerging, and how you can then use that to your advantage. If you do that, you will become a much better trader, I guarantee it, and that will get you more consistent. What I also think you need to look at is look at what's actually happening with your trades. You know, if you're backing goals, for example, you're backing the over 1.5 goals market, are you getting in at the start of the match? Okay, well, that might not be the best (coughs) trading window for you. The best trading window for you might actually be getting at 10, 15 minutes. So look at your results and look at the average first goal time and see, oh, hang on a minute, can I actually get in at 10 minutes? That gives me a better window of opportunity. And also that then increases my profitability. So look at those things. Okay, um, next question is from Atos. How much time would you allow the when it comes to when, what you're struggling with when it comes to trading, how much time would you allow a specific strategy to prove its profitability when using automation? In what period of time would you abandon strategies which does not make enough profits at all? So this is a really good question. And this is actually one that has changed. My answer has changed now because I'm actually using automation and I've back-tested strategies using the horse racing software what I would actually do is want to give it a very long period of time and I would look at the results of the back testing in line with the results of what I'm actually seeing so one of the things that we can see with um, the BTC stats betfair trading community stats the horse racing back testing is you can see the variance on it you can see the longest losing run the longest winning run the impact that that had on your bank you can see all of those things. So how much it actually reduced your bank before it started to turn good. (coughs) So that's what I would then want to see. So for example, if I'm doing a strategy and I know that the the worst period on this strategy has been a 20% bank loss, fantastic. Not fantastic, but I know that. I know the worst case scenario, which is good. Then what I would do going from there is say, okay, well, now I'm at 25% loss. Okay, so I might now want to cut that. I might want to cut that short because I can see that this is the worst run that it's ever had. I would probably reduce my stakes and carry on with that. So if I know that it's had a 25% loss at this point, I would reduce my stakes by half because that is the worst it's ever been. So I would reduce my stakes by half and then let it keep going (coughs) until it goes any worse than that. Maybe let's give it another two, three weeks, see how it's getting on and then move from that period. So what I would want to do to answer your question is see the worst performance that it's had historically. Then if it hits that point, give it a little bit, a few more percent, then reduce my stakes and move on. 
and then I, I would then abandon that strategy if it carried on, if it had another sort of 10% loss of the bank. I'd go, look, do you know what? This just isn't working out for whatever reason. But I would actually tweak the strategy to see why. I wouldn't just completely abandon it because it's been a profitable strategy before. Okay. Is there anything else you want to ask me? How to deal with the issue that if you start as a full-time trader and give up your career in the business world, it can be very difficult to return to later, for example, if Betfair closes down and you are not a member. Okay, well, I think one of the things that I am seeing is people aren't actually becoming full-time traders anymore. You know, that used to be the goal. That used to be what everybody wanted to do. (coughs) Got to be a full-time trader because I don't like my job. But with automation and tools like Betfair Trading Community, Betfair Bot Manager, BetAngel, what I'm seeing is people are actually automating their trading and they're making more money, they're topping up their income, they don't want to become a full-time trader anymore. So they're actually just working the same job, or they're just going part-time in that job, and I think that's great. But I think one of the really important things that I would I would notice, you, I've thought, I've, many years ago, I always thought, Betfair's going, Betfair's going, Betfair's going, this will be the year that Betfair actually closes, and it never has. I think in life, whether you have a job or you're doing anything, you need a backup plan, you need contingency. So what I would advise you to do is to put some of your Betfair trading earnings away as a safety net so that you know I would always, always advise people to have six months of all of their basic needs covered. So whatever it costs you to run your household, you know, your bills, your shopping, your heating, electric, nursery fees, whatever, your car insurance, all of those things. Make sure that you can cover that for six months if you made no money. Okay, now most people are going to be making more money on Betfair than they do from their job, which is why they actually leave their job and they get more freedom. So what I would definitely do is make sure that you put that money away so you have six months of all expenses covered. So if Betfair does close down, you're not going, oh my God, I need to make money straight away. And then you're going to jump into a job that you don't really want to do. But I would also say that if you have a career right now, you have skills, you've you've developed various skills over the years, those skills don't go away just because you're trading on Betfair. You still have those skills. Yes, they might be a little bit rusty. And one of my friends actually um, was an IT consultant, okay? They left the IT world because they didn't like it. They went into the property world. They built a portfolio (coughs) that replaced their income. But over many years, and they made a few bad decisions with property and a few market issues that they had, a few investments didn't go very well. They needed to actually go back into the IT world. It took them three months to find a job. Okay, but what they'd done is they'd squirreled away some money. So they actually had they had a year's worth of income at the same level so that they didn't drop any income. And it only took them three months to find a job. But when I spoke to them about it, I said, you know, could you have got a job quicker? And they said, yes. But the reason that they didn't is they wanted to wait for the right job in the right company. And the beauty that they had, the safety net, actually allowed them to do that and they would have taken a job within two weeks and it wouldn't have been the right job for them and they would have done that if they hadn't had the safety net. So I think one of the things that I would definitely recommend to you right now is if you are trading and you are thinking about going full-time one day, put away some money right now so that you actually have money to cover your income 
as so it matches your income right now in your job. So when you do go trading full time, you actually don't need to be profitable from day one because if you do have a bad month, you've got a, a nest egg there. Okay. I would also put some money away to cover your expenses as a safety net if everything goes to I'm not going to say that word because I don't know, you know, this is I need then I need to put an explicit content on. But if it all goes to poo, then you're covered. So I'd have two safety nets. I'd have a, a trading safety net. If I have a bad month, I can top it up with this trading vault. And also I have a vault that I don't touch, which is a rainy, 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 rainy. Oh my god, everything's gone to poo fund where I've lost everything because Betfair's closed down and I need to go get a job. I've now got six to eight months of income covered, so I don't need to worry about anything like that. And I think that's just really, really good practice anyway. Okay, so that's what I'd be doing. And I'd also recommend not going straight to full-time trader. What I would recommend is take a couple of weeks off, use some annual leave and act as if you were going to be a full-time trader. Okay, so take two weeks off and then um, get up like you're going to trade every single day. Now, this is really, really interesting and has changed because of automation. So, you know, you might be just getting up in the morning, grabbing a coffee, getting the kids to school, whatever it is, then researching your trades and plugging them into the automator. Still act as if you're going to do that, okay? Live your life for those two weeks as if you would if you were a pro trader, right? Then assess those two weeks. See how it actually felt. See what went well since, since see what didn't go well. It's a really, really good book, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Fantastic book. And he would always say that if he was going to take a role, he would live his life for two weeks as if he'd taken the role. Okay, so, you know, thinking about he's taking the role, getting himself mentally prepared for that role, etc, etc, etc. And then he would live his life two weeks as if he hadn't taken that role so that he could then assess both scenarios. And I think that's really, really crucial for a lot of traders because it's going to be a massive, massive change. If you've gone from working in a job, maybe it's high pressure or you're commuting or those kind of things. And now you're not. You might be working in a room in your house. It's a massive change. You need to get your sort of head around that. So I'd use some annual leave and try and do that. I'd also recommend not going full full time. I'd recommend, <coughs> if you can, go from full-time work to part-time work and then trade around that and then maybe go down to um, no working at all and becoming a full-time trader if that's what you want, okay? Right, now, one of the other questions... I have received was about what is my so there's no name on this one and there's they're not a member nothing else they want to ask me what is my view on the fact that all stockbrokers and investment analysts say past uh, historical data isn't an indicator of future success how do you get how, what do you think about that well I think they're saying that from a company point of view they're saying that from a company point of view where a lot of different things go wrong and can go wrong. You get a different CEO, different market conditions. The um, the conditions could just change completely differently. So for one market, they might be supplying a certain company and then that market, that company goes out of, um, out of business or various different bits and bobs. I think it's different in a business setting than it is to a sports setting. But I think in a sports setting, it actually gives us it's not a 
definite. It's not a definite of that is going to work going forward, but it's the best and closest thing that we have to enable us to narrow down what is actually happening. And classes, you know, classes permanent form is temporary. If a football team is a class team and their recruitment is well, you can actually predict that they're going to do very well. For example, everyone could have spotted that Brighton are going to be a decent football team from the way they recruit players, the way that they run their team, etc., etc. So looking at their previous success actually does give us a yardstick to look at their future potential, okay? And that's all we're doing because I don't want to look at I don't want to go on a Saturday and look at all of the football matches that are on in every single country. There's hundreds of them. How do we pick the best one? Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to just put all of them up there and go like on one big screen and go, that's the best trading opportunity. That's the best one because that doesn't work. But what does work is looking at historical data over the last 10, 20, 30 games. OK, that's recent and then allowing us to use that as a filter and a lens over the top of the performance and then asking questions of that. Creating a hypothesis, which is exactly what stockbrokers do. What has to happen for me to profit so when I was laying the draw? What has to happen? Well, it has to be goals. Strikers have to score, which means they have to be playing. Assist makers have to be playing. Look at Man City right now, for example. Okay, Haaland is still a robot and still scores lots and lots of goals. But Jude Bellingham scored more goals than Haaland this year. Okay, no one would have predicted that. No one would have predicted that. But if you look at the actual... What has to happen? Question, okay. Haaland is a goal scorer. He needs Kevin De Bruyne to be providing the assists. De Bruyne is injured, not making the assists, so Haaland's output is reduced. Historical, looking at the historical data, we'd have been able to work that out because you could have looked at all of the assists that Haaland makes and see that um, all of the assists, sorry, that De Bruyne makes and now he's not playing. You would have actually been able to work that out, okay? And certain, it's the exact same for horse racing. Certain horses are hold-up types, okay? That's just how they run. Looking at that, or if they're in this position, that is how they react, okay? You cannot deny that. Okay, now I have uh, the last question, which comes from Jed. Um, I've actually really enjoyed doing the podcast this way as well. I'm with my cat. Um, Jazzy Fizzle is sat with me. Um, That's not his real name. Um, Jed, what are you struggling with when it comes to trading? Hi, Ryan. Apologies. It seems I sent you a blank form for last week's AMA. I was meaning to share some of the podcasts I listen to regularly alongside the BTC pod. Some stock trading and investing pods I enjoy are the Trading Coach podcast, which is mainly for Forex, but I find it has some useful tips on mindset, which I can apply to sports trading. I usually listen to Dividend Talk for longer-term investing. Football-wise, I enjoy Totally Football Show, European edition. The rest is football and river pod a river plate in english fan pod as well as the re- as well as those i listen to the rest is politics is there anything else you want to ask me just a quote oh and jed is also a member just a quote which i always keep in mind while football trading from neil warnock which i think applies to me perfectly by all means enjoy it but enjoy it by being <laughs> expletive disciplined thanks ryan keep up the good work and many thanks I think that's really, really important. Okay, that's an amazing point that Jed brings up. By I love, absolutely freaking love sports trading. Right, I love Betfair trading. I love talking about sports. I love all of this. Um, 
this world okay i just flip in i just love it okay love it but i have to stay disciplined i can't let my emotions run away with me i stay disciplined now the reason how i do that is i actually look at many many different things that keep me disciplined i look at my behavior okay i look at uh, success that has happened before for me because success leaves clues so I know that if I've done certain things that have led to success and certain things that pull me away from that then I'm going to try and eliminate eliminate those behaviors it's exactly the same as what we do in various other things in life you know if I don't eat as well and I start to feel a little bit more sluggish I just look at what I'm doing oh okay well you know, maybe I was drinking a few too many coffees that were milky. You know, I was having lattes instead of drinking my coffee black. And that made me feel a little bit more sluggish. Or I, you know, felt a little bit heavier for whatever reason. Okay, well, have you been doing your sprints in the gym? No, I haven't. I've been feeling more tired. Well, have you been going to bed early or late? You know, those kind of things. So look at the behaviours that are leading to successful outcomes and look at the behaviors that aren't leading to successful outcomes and then pull them in um that's the end of the podcast for today uh hopefully i'll be feeling much better next week and i'll be back in my office and i'll have the the full mic so the audio will not be uh will be better next week and also i'll have the jingle do you like the jingle let me know do you like the jingle what does it make you feel like you know when you hear that does it get you pumped up ready for the podcast does it not let me know by filling in the form. The form is in the show notes and it is also, you can find it on our Twitter page. Thank you very much for listening. Have a fantastic day and weekend, guys.